That's you. <laughs> For fuck's sake, dude. <laughs> me again. Yes! Why is it? it? It's the same script at the end and the beginning. Oh, did you just like, turn the page? <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't know I had to figure <laughs> the PR. Your PR. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dr. Sab Cohen-Hatton, and I'm a neuroscientist specialising in human and animal learning mechanisms. And I'm Jamie Penrith, specialising in canine predatory behaviour, and I'm a former police dog handler. I'm Danny Wells, I'm a dog trainer that specialises in unwanted behaviour. Every week we sit down to chat about the latest canine psychology. And more importantly, how you can apply it to your own dog to get to know them a little bit better. Welcome to The Dog Scholar. Right, so I've got a question for you boys. Surprising that. Ah, can <laughs> dogs feel empathy? Could have made a quick end we're to gonna, this podcast. We're going <laughs> <laughs> to need to get into this. We're yeah. going to need to define empathy. Yeah. What, is oh, what is empathy? What is it? Well, what is empathy? That is, is a good question. Different things to different people. No, well, empathy, if we take it as the ability to understand how someone else is feeling. Yeah, be able to put yourself Empathy. in that situation. Yeah. So yeah. as a dog, can I understand how you as a human are feeling based on my feelings as a dog? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. So absolutely not, and we'll see you next week for... <laughs> 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 okay. right. So Danny has a clear yeah, view on yeah, this. Yeah. I have a clear view, but I'm always open to be So on on that note, Sab, well, tell us some science. Look, dogs and humans have been mutually bonded for thousands of years, right. and there's some evidence that domestication has seen dogs develop somewhat advanced cross-species social understanding. So not just understanding the social rules of dogs with other dogs, but understanding the social rules of how dogs interact with humans as well. Many of us would feel like our dogs are well tuned in to how we're feeling and our emotions. And we'd readily say they seem to know when we're feeling sad. But is it because of empathy? Or is it just a behavioral response to the way that our emotions cause us to react? and how they see that. Is it possible for, you know, as part of an evolutionary process to be able to develop uh, something that we'd perhaps say isn't, isn't present in other animals, you know, towards us? Is it something that, you know, nature can select as being beneficial well, yeah. to a dog Those, to be able to read that? We've seen how dogs' neural architecture has evolved in a way that means they can read human faces. Right. Um, in a way that other animals just can't. So the dogs that might have had that quirk in their brains have done really well, and that means they've bred, and then you've had more dogs like that, and that those genes that have led to that get passed on. So it's not beyond the, the realms of feasibility that dogs that are really good at something like this have then gone on and evolved it, so then you kind of see it in most dogs. Maybe they've just evolved to pay a bit more attention to what we're doing as opposed mm -hmm. to any other species that wouldn't really give a, a shit, wouldn't they? They just mm -hmm. get, on with the, get on the lives, but we're an intricate part of a dog's life. Maybe they just kind of evolved to be a little bit more attentive to what we're doing. You know, I guess with, with kids, you know, or, or with people, mm -hmm. if you deprive them of that earlier yeah. interaction, you know, or, or those earlier experiences, would they grow up to mm -hmm. be adults yeah. that lacked, to a degree, empathy in comparisons yeah. to adults that have been yeah. raised? It was actually first done looking at human infants and how they responded and they repeated it with dogs to look at whether or not dogs were experiencing empathy and they essentially put the dogs in a room with their owner and a stranger 
and then they got the stranger to cry. And both the owner and the stranger would take it in turns to hum. Right, that sounds I'm just I'm, I'm thinking of all this over. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, now, now, cry. Oh, alas! I don't know how contrived. Yeah. I really want to see these studies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jamie, cry. But actually, I'm not bad. But then the stranger and the owner would take it in turns to hum. And I know that sounds a bit crazy. Hum. Hum. To see if they can get a Mm, yeah, yeah, well, because like it's a, a novel line. thing, yeah. so it was designed to try to pique the dog's curiosity because they wanted to see the dog's responses. Okay. And if the dog was responding to the crying person because they're like, oh, I'm curious about this, then you'd presume that they would do the same to the humming person. Mm -hmm. So it was in there as a kind of control. Mm. Um, I'm humming, I'm humming with you, Daddy. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking was it just depends on, that, it depends on, on the, the exposure that dogs had to human behaviours if they're around people that hum all the time and it's normal, that's fine. But if they're around people that cry and then pour it onto their dog, then they're going to be a bit more responsive right. to that, aren't And they? I would say that the, more, the, the higher the pitch yeah, of, yeah, of the, yeah. of the, of the, the crying behaviour is, yeah. Yeah, 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 is yeah. more into yeah. sort of like what will litter behaviour between, yeah. you know, <clears throat> dogs than perhaps humming. Maybe if you asked the bumblebee, you know, you'd get a different yeah. response. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So while we're babbling, let's see what the results yeah. are. Yeah. Back yeah. to the science, yeah. let's see what the we've got. The dogs themselves approached the crying person and was looking at them and touching them in a submissive way much, much more. They actually didn't do the same when the person was humming which suggests to me that whatever they were doing that action their approach mm. wasn't driven by curiosity rather it was a response to in this case an emotional behavior now it could be driven purely by emotional contagion so yeah. seeing distress could have triggered the distress yeah. in the dog. Recognising it as distress because I mean, they've yeah. been subjected to Is that to what it? emotional contagion means? Yeah, I mean, something yeah. That spreads, is yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So if the dogs just wanted comfort because they were upset, you'd imagine they go to the owner, mm. right? Not the crying person. So if it was emotional contagion and they were then feeling distressed because they'd seen distress, they're going to go to the person that they get comfort from. Are we really suggesting that a dog has the ability to understand and empathise with a given situation based on their own outcomes and the ability to go, I, you know, I know what you're going through and I, I, I get it. It's, yeah. it's, it's quite an in-depth process that of thought, isn't it? Well, do you know, and that's where I lean to because it's so hard to prove empathy. Yeah. And it is entirely possible that they've previously gone to a crying family member or a crying person that yeah. they live with and got... Petted. They've gone to the crying person, they've nuzzled them in a bit, and then they get petted and they get affection and it feels good, they get a dopamine hit. And so then rather than going, oh, I'm going to go to you because you're feeling sad and I want to make you feel better, they're like, oh, well, here's an opportunity for scritches. I'm getting right in there. Yeah. Perhaps it would have been beneficial to not only have somebody crying, but what about somebody who's confused? Does the dog think, oh, no, that person's predicament. I need to go and help them and show them what it is that they mm -hmm. need. You know, are they actually capable of that, you know, and, and that kind of empathy? Or are we choosing behaviours that by themselves do involve a lot of physical mm. manifestation, physical behaviours that are easy for a dog to cue off. You know, what about if I came in and I was worried yeah. and I came in worried about a past event that had recently happened or, mm. you know, how am I going to pay my mortgage at the end of the month or whatever it happens to be? And then the person's humming 
which one of us would the dog pick up on there? You know, is it genuinely yeah. I empathise with this person's, you know, what they're projecting, or is, is it, it tying more, in with their associated learning mechanisms? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's really interesting because in the paper they do say that the dogs could have responded in lots of different ways. They could have failed to respond at all. They mm. could have just ignored it completely. They could have been fearful or avoidant. And gone, oh gosh, what's happening now? They could have even approached another calm human for some kind of reassurance. They could have been alert, they could have got dominant because they see someone that's weaker, they could have been curious or playful. But what you saw was them approaching the distressed person in a gentle or submissive way. Is it anything, has it been re replicated? Do we know if the research has been replicated? Uh, there are quite a few studies looking at empathic-like responding from dogs. So it's not a study that sits on its own. Oh, okay. And generally speaking, I've seen similar results. Yeah. Um, it's just so interesting because the bit for me is this is screaming out to do a behavioral study. Uh, yeah. uh, screaming out for a really pure behaviorist approach to look at responding to different mm. behaviours. And it would be really interesting to do with, uh, with, with dogs that have never experienced people before. Yeah. Laboratory bred dogs, for yeah, example, yeah. have never experienced that kind of domestication. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the, that's part of the challenge yeah. that you see with any study like this that uses pet dogs, yeah. is you can't control for that I, I would bet I would bet my life that it's a lame behaviour. Could it be that dogs have developed uh, a, a, an, an innate ability to feel what we feel? Or is it just the fact that they've developed a capacity to really read our faces and yeah. read our responses Possibly, that yeah. have led them to that behaviour? You know, you do have that that crux that's really difficult to separate out and you certainly can't do it on the basis of this study alone yeah. you know you need to take a much broader look but it is really have fascinating. they developed the capacity to unwittingly manipulate the behavior of humans mm. through their own behavior that we unwittingly interpret as being empathy yeah. Yeah. do you know what i mean so they're not deliberately developing yeah. empathy or, or evolving uh, you know, empathy, but what they have learned is social cues that we interpret as that basically strengthens the the probability of them securing their their, their future. You know, yeah. within, within either the, way, dogs are certainly sensitive to our distress. Yeah, whether absolutely. it's empathy or not. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that. No, I wouldn't do that. The sense of smell is a really huge way in which dogs interpret the world around them. And actually there's other research that looks at the way that dogs can kind of smell their surroundings and there's evidence that dogs can smell your mood as well. So depending on how you're feeling, your body will give off kind of different um, chemical messengers, like chemo signals they're called essentially. So they can smell your mood through your sweat. So, I mean, this is a really interesting one, particularly for this study, because people are told to cry, but they're not necessarily yeah, actually yeah. distressed, can, are they? With them chemo signals, can they not mimic the, the, the feeling as well through that? If they're smelling like, like anxiety, can, is, the, is there not something that says they can mimic that anxiety yeah, as a result there is. of that? So sure if you can somewhere. smell that on somebody, if your body is kind of registering that, then that creates what's called a simulacrum, which is basically a mental representation of whatever that emotional state is. So, you know, humans can do that. So it's quite possible that dogs can do that. But this study, this study, you've got someone that's told to cry. So they're not really distressed, yeah, yeah. are they? If you've got a dog that actually has empathy right dogs actually have the capacity for empathy 
And let's say that you have a dog that is capable of detecting seizures in people, which mm -hmm. we have done, as, yes. well, as well as certain, yeah. certain medical conditions and things like that. So I can detect changes in your inner world, if you like, that I'm able to then alert you to through training. If the dog genuinely has empathy, and this is the dog's owner, why does the dog need to be trained in how to do that? Why can the yeah, dog yeah. not simply think, you're having a seizure, you've got some sort of condition that's about to occur, I can empathise with yeah. that, I can detect that, mm. I don't need training, yeah. I'm a sort of lassie come home. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? But the whole, whole, actually... whole reason behind that is the same as scent detection dogs, it has to be paired mm. with, with a reward. Correct. Yeah. That's it. It's like payment for the dog, isn't yeah. it? Right, which yeah. sort of lends weight to the argument that empathy, not so much, but reinforced behavior. God, I sound like a miserable <laughs> 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 yeah. dropping everything down to its lower level. Forget your, your pie in the sky disqualification yeah, of the canine mind. It can all be explained away with simple yeah. Skinnerian principles. <laughs> but it is sort of like, you know, you do, you do have to yeah. wonder. Um, why do we need to go to the additional effort, like you say, with scent work as well? If, if I know, if you know that it pleases me. So when, basically, when what Jamie's that. saying is he's calling bullshit. Again, going back as working dog trainers, Jamie. How many dogs start to bite to create space with when they're being crowded too much? Mm. You know, I am. Um, I rehabbed and rehomed a a little uh, Pomeranian Shih Tzu cross to me mum that was on a one way trip to the vet. Literally, it was getting booked in at two o'clock, and we collected oh. it at twelve. He's the, the best dog my mum's had. She loves him to bits, but he literally was getting wallowed over all the time and literally just started going bang get away from me and before you know it it was a conditioned response if they went near him he's snapping to create space he doesn't do it at all now i think when we when we start going down the path of are they just like us then we fall into the trap of well if i didn't like it i'd say oh can you give me some space well a dog won't do that a yeah. dog just because a dog will tolerate something doesn't mean it's getting fulfillment from it and you do see a lot of small dogs that become quite snappy yeah there was some really interesting research that was looking at the types of dogs that are the most aggressive and people always assume it's the big dogs it's no, your pit bulls it's your german shepherds it's that kind of thing but actually what it found is it was the smaller breeds yeah. breeds like jack russells and chihuahuas and you imagine right let's let's do the empathy now as humans you imagine living your world as one of those really small dogs everything around you is a giant isn't it so when you're that small everyone wants to come all of the humans come mm. across and go oh look how cute you are and they want to pour all over you and give you a stroke well if you're a dog that doesn't like that then of course you're going to respond yeah. in that way so there's something isn't there yeah. we're talking about dogs feeling empathy there is something more that we can do as humans i think to be empathetic towards, towards the dog i think i think as a society the more we go down to anthropomorphizing the dog, the the more we sh we lose touch with the dog and we lose mm. our lines of communication. Like, and do you know what? It's so human to anthropomorphize. Yeah. So yeah. you know, there is something about this. So I don't want people to feel bad that they kind of no. think about their dogs like a person. It's a really human trait. I mean, we even do it with clouds. We see faces in things, right? Yeah, you see yeah. faces in clouds. I saw Jesus's face on a piece of toast once. There was a meme going around. You know, we do. Our brains yeah. are actually wired to see human faces, human traits in things. It's really normal. Imagine being truly divine, but you come back as a piece of toast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. How humbling. Of all the things How to humbling. come back as yeah. a piece of toast. You've experienced everything. Yeah. Now you've become yeah. nothing. Oh, shit. They put Marmite on <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> you can't do that to me. I'm the son of God. Yeah. <laughs>
Don't you know who I am? What's next for me? Yeah. Me? Yeah. me? Bagel. Crusty <laughs> bread. Crusty bread. Dog loaf. You're a workman's butty. Because you think about how you approach a dog, it can be really different to the way that we might approach a human. So if I approach you and we make eye contact, that's polite. Yeah. But if someone approaches Luther and is making eye contact, that's a challenge. Yeah. Well, it's like principles when you're training, like police dogs protection. If you want to, if you want to trigger personal defence, you you make yourself bigger. You hold eye contact. You might show weaponry. You'll you'll brace up. That same thing. If I if I'm doing this, what's the difference to a dog with? Oh, come here. It's yeah. exactly the same thing. And, it, and you know, it's misread a lot. Yeah. I see it misread a lot. Yeah. That's a good point about the teeth, because especially, you know... They don't see a smile from a you smile. You smile, you're smiling, yeah. you know, you're smiling big, you're showing your teeth. And you're right, to a dog, that's weaponry. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're snarling mm-hmm. at it and you're showing it your teeth. Are you the person chasing that dog around mm-hmm. to, to put that emotion in? Or is the dog... You know, you got. It's like imagine, imagine going in for a kiss, and you go in, and someone just does not move. You wouldn't, you wouldn't. Who does that and carries on going? Do you know what I mean? But that's what's happening with your dog, with a lot of dogs. So you know, just stop and have a little think. You know, yeah. am I, am I really forcing this interaction, or is the dog willingly? Is this a fifty-fifty thing? Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? it's trying to solicit. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think there's lots of different reasons that people get dogs as well, aren't there? Yeah. You know, and and it's quite easy to morph them into. That reason, yeah. you know, I, I, I want you because the kids have left home. I want you because I recently lost a dog and I'm looking for the replacement yeah. now, or I'm, what you call, you know, yeah. your empty nesting syndrome or whatever. Or we're getting labels now of empathy dogs. Now, if someone puts a title like that on a dog and a kid hears that title, all respect for that dog as an individual goes out the window. It's its job. It's its job. Yeah. And I think you're talking about a very specific dog that could do that job. A dog that is just so laid back, so low in drive, re- just grateful to be interacted with. And they're not that common. They're not no, they're really, not. really no, common. Not. You can't so, really select a puppy so imagine, for that, can Imagine, you? you know, you have a, you no, have a, no. you have a, you know, a child that's benefiting from your empathy dog. And now you lose that dog and you get that dog. It's highly likely that that dog will not behave like this one, and you might get two or three, four, five years, and it's great, and then it only takes one t- time to go wrong. You know, but there are lots of reasons as well, aren't there, why a dog might um, might not respond in a way that you would want it to if you were thinking about your empathy. You know, there's a whole host of underlying medical conditions that the dog could have that means it's not going to respond yeah. in a way that you would expect it to respond yeah. you know it could have arthritis it could be in pain i'd say nine times out of ten when a client phones me and says my dog's been brilliant and they've just gone for me out of nowhere i've gone go to the vets and get your dog's ears checked and they've come back and go he's got an ear infection yeah. an ear infection is a massive cause for random bursts um, yeah. episodes of aggression isn't it now again think about it you've got you you know any breed off the top of my head a cockapoo a bichon whatever they, this is me empathy dog you go six years and all of a sudden your dog's got an ear infection your kid goes oh bam there's a bite. You've it's got a really to be careful. Good point, you know, because they don't have human diplomacy. No, you know, they can't. This yeah. Thing about empathy, and because the dog comes up to you when you're sad and licks your face, you think, oh, "My dog gets me. They understand. They know where I'm coming mm. from." But actually, then, when you start to transpose that across all yeah. other aspects of your interactions with yeah. your dog, it can be quite challenging. And it's and you know it? we don't want to be you know for the people at home we're not trying to poo-poo the whole you can't love your dog you absolutely can it's very important that you respect your dog as an individual and you know if and it, as a dog and yeah. as a dog yeah. yeah and you know what you're going to get the best relationship out of your dog for respecting them as the species they are aren't you yeah mm. should we go to a break we've got some yeah. great practical tips and questions oh afterwards. very good yeah. yeah so let's take a break you've got a bit of bagel there 
Have I? Yeah. Why do you only tell me now? We're halfway through the episode. I don't think you'll be able to pick it up on camera. <laughs> it's only a very small bit of bagel. Just save it for later. So what are the signs for people listening that uh, a dog might be uncomfortable? Whoa, that's a big question. Mm, you know, there's question. yeah, well, so there's multiple different yeah. uh, signs and signals that a dog can, can give, you know. Um, Will you get a picture of Jesus on a piece of across, toast? <laughs> <laughs> across, across is it a, a divine a, sign? Across a spe yeah. species or as individuals, but you know, there are multiple different signs that um, that you can give by the, you know, in creating space rather than reducing yeah. space. And how would you know, someone the see that? Because the dog's not coming towards you, it's moving away from you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're moving towards the dog, and the dog, if it's unable to move away from yeah. you, is actually lowering yeah. itself down and Turning sort of like its head away. Yeah, right. so if you've, if you've got essentially, I'm minimizing. Yeah. I'm minimizing if, what would constitute. If you've got more of an target. assertive dog, if you if you initiate, they will brace. Really, yeah. re really boldly, yeah. um, tail in the air. Oppositely, if you've got a dog that's not really comfortable with the situation, they'll make themselves smaller, put the tail between the legs, yeah, yeah. and they can side eye, they can lip smack, they I can think, whale eye. Yeah, yeah I think it's it, an important factor on this. Like you say, you could go through a book. There's several yeah. books that are basically got you know pictorials and yeah. uh, explanations, etc. Like on what? They, yeah, on we do show. like. Yeah. Oh, you know, flattening of the ears, yeah. withdrawing of the mouth, you know, drawing back of the mouth into like a, a grimace, if you like, or yeah. um, lowering down of the body, you know, crouching, tail. Tucking, trembling, moving heavy pants, away. Yawning. But the actual reality of it is. Is that because it's too much material? No, I've just got on my phone and rolled <laughs> it. Yeah. If you walked into a room and thought, what am I seeing? Or you were interacting yeah. with a dog and thought, what am I seeing? By the time you'd run through yeah. your list of signs that you could think, oh, this means that the dog is uncomfortable, that, too late. Yeah. You know, a lot of it is, and I think in terms of empathy, the reversal of the empathy that we're talking about, where we can feel what we perceive the dog to be feeling, that can be quite an intuitive yeah. thing, you know, that can't it? It yeah, can be yeah. something that you have a dog person who can detect that, yeah. you know, and uh, without really being able to necessarily explain why other than the fact that they get dogs or mm -hmm. they've, be, they've been around enough yeah. dogs to do it. I don't think it's something you can read and I don't think it's something that if people give you a uh, a checklist of yeah. look out for these these symbols or you go on a course and look at these symptoms that would, you know, suggest It's the way they go together, that, isn't it? Yeah, it's reading the dog collectively. I mean, I think a big one that will really keep people safe um, the main one to do is if you see your dog comfortable in their place, their bed, their crate, or even if they have a particular chair, it's never advised that you're running over and invading that dog's space, especially if you're going to startle them if they're asleep. Mm. So it's it's much better to encourage an interaction rather than just go and impose on Absolutely a dog's space. Agree yeah. Yeah. Absolutely agree with you. Absolutely agree with you. Certainly if you've got kids, yeah, you know, yeah, you're teaching yeah. kids, you want to teaching educate kids about age, interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Encourage the dog to come towards you. Do not force yourself upon the dog, you know. Would you like it yourself, you know, if you wanted a bit of yeah. space and somebody mm. came forward? And was you know, yeah, yeah. Given like it, give it, it the angry swans towards the yeah. You look like yeah. your godfather. That yeah. looks yeah. like you're yeah. doing your honour in your ring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. offering your ring like the Pope. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like yeah. that is not a you know, it's 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 not a healthier way to impose in a dog's space slash face. Because yeah. a lot of people do that, don't yeah. they? They you know, you see them going and offering their hand Present for the, the dog to sniff. Hand, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's not a helpful way to introduce no. yourself to a dog actually because it's putting something into the dog's personal space. Yeah. You know, you might be thinking, I'm offering my scent. The dogs are incredible. Yeah. Dog can smell uh, you over 400 yeah, meters away. Yeah, exactly. They've got an incredible olfactory system. They don't need your wrist any closer to, to uh, them to smell you. No, and I, th I think it's the value of doing nothing 
is overlooked as yeah. well, you know, yeah. or is underplayed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just be, you know, if you want the dog, if, if you think, oh, I want this, this dog is to be my best friend. You know, I love dogs. I've had dogs all my life. I have a way with dogs, whatever it happens to be, you know, an affinity with them. But just leave it, yeah. leave it, mm. let it happen. If it's going to happen, it will happen. If it isn't, What's the problem? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's but allow sound the dog relationship to relationship advice it really for is. life, Jamie. Yeah, but yeah, so, for life. So if, yeah. <laughs> basically, if it don't fit, leave it be. Don't force it. Yeah, yeah. There's no, yeah. There's no need to, is there? There's no need to. Well, we've had some brilliant questions that have been sent in to us this week. So, Jamie, what have we got? Yeah, well, let's start off with our first one, which is always a good place to start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my mum complains that when my dad comes home from work, the dog seems to get more excited. Do dogs have favourites? Oh. Interesting question. And I think it, it, it's warranting of a very broad answer. <laughs> Do it. Some dogs will favour the people who give them the most time, you know, invest quality time, what the dog enjoys doing, they'll favour them. However, some dogs will favour the person who's not really interacting with them and is a bit more aloof and they'll kind of want to get, you know, let's say, let's humanise it a bit, get in the good book, so to speak. I do think that even in situations where you just have like a two-person relationship or a Mm. two-person household, that you can have a dog or dogs that tend to gravitate towards one person instead of the other person. And this can sort of like... I'm going to censor myself. Annoy people. It's going to annoy people off. People because people can think, well, I, you know, I, I love you. I'm the one that puts all the time yeah, and effort yeah. into you. I'm the one who takes you for a walk. She the only comes home. One-sided such and relationship. Such. Right. Yeah. And, and, and a person can get quite aggrieved by that yeah. because if it was a, a human household only that we were talking about, you'd think you don't like me. Yeah. But I do think that there's a tendency, and you know, to, to correct me if I'm wrong in your, in your own experiences, but I think there's a tendency for dogs to have that natural magnetism towards a s- certain person, a singular person yeah, yeah. within the household. Yeah. And whether that is, but whether it is that dogs do naturally look for a singular individual yeah. mm-hmm. or, or, you know, uh, one, yeah. uh, two yeah. individuals within a group... Um, I don't know. I, I don't know because I can't sit them down. I wish yeah. to God yeah. I could sit them down I, and open you know, up the real old It's a really interesting one. In my house, it's definitely me that the dogs yeah. all follow around. The, 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 the breed of dog that I keep, Mexican hairless, they are renowned, mind you, for really bonding tightly with one person in a household. Mm. Um, and we've got three dogs. Luther's like my sole dog. He's the one that I do everything with. Red is Mike's dog and Jimmy Choo is Gabby's dog. Mm. But they all still gravitate towards me. So I'll sit on the sofa in the evening yeah. and Mike can't get a look in because I'm literally sat there with three dogs on me. Yeah. Um, but I'm the one that does all the training with them. I'm the one yeah. that walks them. I'm the one that feeds them. And I that was my point. That was, well. that was so, my point. I, I find that when you invest quality time that's that's dog centered so you, yeah. you're giving them the time to give them outlets for the drive that's usually the person they gravitate towards when i do home visits with people who are just not playing them games at all mm. they're literally just taking the dog for a walk on the phone go home ignore the dog doing whatever they do you know that person doesn't necessarily be the person that they gravitate towards it can yeah. be the person who just doesn't care and just yeah. is a bit more aloof what i do find is if you put in good quality time like it, it's the same in our house i've got five dogs and they all, they all love Charlotte, but if I'm there, she doesn't get a look in. You know, yeah. if she says something, they won't listen. They'll listen to me. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so would you interpret that? So is that, <laughs> being a miserable reductionist again, <laughs> is that because your dog thinks Danny's a guy or is no, it because think you're the had, reinforcement opportunity? I just, yeah, I think it's both. I think, I, I think I'm think i um, the person that, com- that compliance, fun, games is linked to because I put the most yeah. quality time in. But most people will not put the same sort of time in 
that we will put in. You know, we do it as a job. It's our necessity. You didn't do the kind of obedience and things that you've done before. You identified where you needed to start addressing issues with one, with, with, with Luther. And now, yeah. boom, he's, he's he, you know, even walking down the corridor, you can see him. Uh, yeah, again, I think it boils down to individuals. Like I say, you know, people who are putting a lot of time into dogs, I do see the dogs gravitate towards them more. Yeah. If you're not, if you're in a household that doesn't really put that time and your dog's just there. Get a cat. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I find that they gravitate even towards gravitate. people who aren't really interested. Cats, yeah, cats yeah, yeah, they do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they usually go to the one who likes cats the least. Yeah, in yeah. My one, one yeah and they'll very sure. climb along their, their shoulders, <laughs> yeah. erect their tail and stick yeah. their bottom what, what very thing, close keep to it, your nose. Keep into Beautiful. the theme, keep into the theme. One thing we can guarantee, if you're putting time into your dog and your dog gravitates towards your partner and not you, your dog has no empathy for your situation. Beautiful, <laughs> yeah. beautiful. Quite. If you're doing the work, yeah. why aren't you getting the, yeah, you know, yeah, getting yeah. the return yeah, on yeah. it? So what's the next question? The next question is question two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we could go. We're sure. so great this, at yeah. math. You can't buy this. Yeah, yeah. You cannot buy this. <laughs> we, 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 we just got James wisdom. Okay. What behaviours do dogs look for in humans in order to feel loved? Or at least to feel affection, feel safe, etc. I don't treat. Yeah. I, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think. I, I really think it's a lot more simpler than people think. I think the love and all this stuff is, you know, created through what we were talking about behavioral oh. loops and stuff. Yeah. I don't think they seek lo our love at all. I think they seek resource. They seek, you know, interaction, play, good food. feelings. Yeah, good, good feelings, 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 happy feelings. I, I think good vibes. When we, when we start in order to feel loved. You know, a dog's not walking around needing to feel loved. It's 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 needing to feel fulfilled. Oh, we all need to feel a bit of love. I think, but just because we are um, challenging yeah. the, the the concept that dogs may have, um, principally human as far as yeah. we know it, yeah. you know, um, capacities, emotional capacities, that we're not saying that. That means yeah. that the dog isn't sentient. No, that not at all. It's a definite feel. sentient being, one hundred percent. I just think how what in the in the order in which that's asked, it, what what behaviours do we need to look for in humans in order for them to feel loved? I think that 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 perception you get that your dog feels loved is ain't it's ain't through providing yeah. all the necessities that your dog does seek. You know, your dog seeks to eat, your dog seeks to exercise, your dog seeks to, you know, in enrich it itself in the environment. Um, I think when you provide all them things, that feel, that that visual, oh, they're very fond of me now, they, yeah. they, they love me. I think that is earned through commitment to your dog. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's very difficult, you know, the term loved, yeah. for your dog it's to very feel loved. Yeah, yeah. What you is know, love? You're right. Yeah. Baby, yeah, don't yeah, hurt yeah. me. Like, how do I hurt? Yeah. How do I? Yeah. Right, X. Tell me okay. some X, my lovely boys. Okay, we've got um, Mitch, and we're going to say he's from Baywatch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when dogs come bounding over to my reactive dog with the owner shouting at a distance, he's friendly. <gasps> yeah. I so, can imagine that every single dog yeah, owner in the country is... Yeah. Uh, yeah, apart unless from someone, unless you're some, that fucking idiot. Someone, yeah. sat back, someone sat back on the sofa picking their nose going, that's yeah. you, that is. Yeah. Your friend. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Everyone yeah. else is purple yeah. with rain. Dog's like, why is he trying to kill me? I'm friendly. <laughs> yeah. She told me. You know what I mean? But there is something, isn't there, about your dog might be really friendly, yeah. but you don't know how friendly uh, the dog is that they're bounding up to. And let and me just mention... every dog wants to interact. Go, keeping with the theme of things, this is more a case of 
This is the people completely lacking empathy. You know, that person in the distance, they might have put 12 months into a dog that was an absolute dangerous nightmare. Mm. They're absolutely made up with the progress. The dog is now having all its welfare needs met in the sense that it's able to explore and do things, you know, have freedom finally after having to go through training to stop this reactivity. Now you're just letting your dog just run over and set them back. Yeah. You're causing feels of distress, anxiety in the person who's got that dog because they're, you know, fearful of the outcome, which is a section three offence. Um, it, it, you, we all have to have empathy for each other as dog owners. Yeah, I think sometimes when they say it's okay, he's friendly or she's friendly, it's usually because they can't recall their dog. Yeah. So I think sometimes panic, there yeah. might be, yeah, it might be a bit of a panic, a bit of a nervous reaction because you're like, ah, oh, I know I'm not going to be able to get my dog back. Don't worry, he just wants to play. Everything's great. But mm. there is something about kind of if you're struggling to recall your dog, there is something about working with a trainer to really build on that. And don't let your dog off the lead. If you mm. know you can't get it back, sorry, if you're not 100% certain yeah. you can't get it back, it shouldn't be off the lead. It shouldn't be. Just to go back onto something that you were saying a minute ago, which I think would be nice to clarify for a lot of people because they probably wouldn't know, is you're talking about a dog coming rushing over towards you, and I think it's okay my dog dog is friendly, but I happen to be perhaps I'm either walking my own dog and I'm not mad about other dogs or I'm mm. you know looking after someone's dog and I'm taking out whatever the reason, and your dog comes bounding over and I feel put in fear yeah. about your dog binding over and think I hope to God that doesn't bite me. I think it might bite me. Yeah. And you said about being a section three offence. Yeah, can yeah. you can you sort of like bounce on? Get into offence. So if if your dog is if if your dog causes any person to feel stress or um any sort of alarm you, you know anything anything like that then your dog that dog is classed as, as deemed out of control in a public place it's a section 3 offence and you can be charged accordingly for under it under the dangerous dogs under act under the dangerous dogs act yeah it's 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 very important that we are, and I'm actually so the dog doesn't have to injure you essentially no, no it just, just has to cause you distress or alarm, or alarm. Yeah, yeah. you feel that you may be injured yeah. Yeah. Okay. so that's people important for people yeah, need to be very aware yeah, of that and that, that law that law is as it is for a reason you know any everyone is entitled to go for a nice walk with the dog without feeling vulnerable stress yeah. alarmed it's it's not and it's absolutely astonishing that there's 13 million dogs in this country and so many people aren't aware of that. They're not aware. Even, even you know, really responsible dog owners that, they've, you know, they come to me because they've seen something that they're a little bit unsure of and it might be something or nothing. But when I explain the law, they're like, really? really? They have no idea. They have no idea. Way long ago, um, someone was prosecuted for that for a French bulldog. Next thing will be um, Nikki from... Um, Go on, Nikki. Where are you from? Where are you from, my darling? Where are you from? Droop. Awesome. Nikki from Why, Droop. why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it why be? Wouldn't it why be? wouldn't it be? So, Droopy Nikki. Right. Nikki draws. Yeah. Nikki draws. Jay, I'll hand, you, I'll hand over to this one for you with your um, experience in the police. Um, people, yeah, enjoy this one. People, people who assume my dog is aggressive just because he's in a muzzle. Well, what... Okay, so let me kick off with that one. That's another sort of like projection of your own interpretation mm. onto a situation that you know nothing about, right? So we talked about it, I think, earlier on where we were saying everybody's an individual, everybody's doing things for particular reasons. Now, a muzzle on a dog is generally a sign of incredible responsibility from the person that owns it. 
They recognise that they've got a dog that, for whatever reason, it doesn't necessarily mean that the dog's aggressive. Talking about the pika that you were talk- yeah. uh, mentioning earlier on, which is the picking up and the swallowing yeah. of various things. Coprophagia was something that we've touched upon yeah. before as well. You know, eating poo and things like that. There are multiple reasons. Scavenging old pieces of pizza and, you know, last night's takeaways that have been left in... Sounds like he- us, he- that does. <laughs> <and> stuff. <laughs> what a life. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But basket muzzles or, or, or even just nylon muzzles, you know, muzzles can be put on dogs because dogs are fearful when yeah. they're put into situations where they're going to be manipulated or handled like vet visits and things like that and it isn't your dog is aggressive but there's another thing that i want to if i can just in just a moment i'll I'll sort of like double up on this so it's a recognition by people that a muzzle is a sign of responsibility and it's also or ought to also be an indication for you to call your dog back pop your dog on a lead and walk past the person and give them some space because it may well be that they're dealing with their own, you know, their own issues with with their dog. Interesting though, because when I was um, muzzle training Luther, I would take him out regularly with a muzzle on. So every walk we'd go out, he'd be wearing his muzzle and we'd just do our thing. The way people responded to us was completely different. They'd look at him as if he was basically Hannibal. I mean, Luther's a big dog anyway. He looks a bit mean, he looks a bit scary. But stick a muzzle on him as well. And people were like, oh my gosh, I'm not going anywhere near that dog. So they mm. they had this assumption based on the way that he was... Don't be mean! It can have the opposite effect though, really. can't it? Where you can have a certain sort of person yeah, that sees yeah. a dog in a muzzle and it's almost like magnetised. Yeah. You know, because and I know dogs that well and yeah. he, he won't be like it and with I'll, me. And yeah. I'll follow on from that. You know, every, at some point, every single one of my dogs will be used to being in a muzzle to the extent where when I get the muzzle out, they get all excited like I've got the lead out. It's a necessity, you know, at some point, I hope it doesn't happen to anyone's dogs at home, but at some point, your dog might be in pain, in in, in a considerable amount of pain and needs to be rushed to the vets. Dogs don't understand that we're here to help. So they can they can lash out, they can snap, mm. they can bite. If a dog is aggressive, if a dog does possess aggression, that doesn't necessarily mean that the dog is bad or that there's some no. bad situation. Mm. Every single dog possesses a capacity to aggress. You know, aggression is a part of a dog's makeup. Yeah. It's no difference to saying, yeah. uh, to saying my dog has a tendency to be fearful, my dog yeah. is overly social, my dog is such and such. Yeah. Just because I recognise something that my dog has a yeah. tendency or a leaning towards perhaps perhaps acting more on that yeah. aggression, be that yeah. vocally or otherwise, and I take responsible yeah. action to minimise the impact yeah. of that on and, you, and, yeah. good for me. Really good, Ick, that one. What's our last one very briefly? Um, we'll hand over to you for that one, Sab, for this one, Sab, and this is uh, Marie from Lickfold. <laughs> We're getting some crack. We're going to run out of these soon. We're going to have to start finding normal places and all the people in the hotel. No no one listens to me. I'm going to have to move. Right. Um, I don't own my dog. I'm his guardian. Oh, stop it. Stop it. So I've got to be honest, I find this a bit frustrating. And, you know, in terms of empathy, you can feel empathy with somebody else and you act accordingly. And with dogs, I think sometimes we transpose these human qualities on them so much. I don't think that there's a problem with using the terminology owner with a dog. You know, I really, really don't. And I don't think the dog particularly cares either. And the day, my my problem with this isn't you can describe yourself however you want, and that's absolutely fine. No, 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 you can, you can. And I don't mind from that perspective. The bit that I get a bit sad about is that we then start to transpose other human qualities onto the dog. We start to treat them like a human child and yeah. then we get annoyed with the dog when it responds like a dog Absolutely. and that's not fair it's it's re- it's really not fair yeah. i mean on that just on the on the pet guardian or whatever call it what you like call it what you like but something that i've all, i've always said that i always will say no magistrate or no judge no. is going to sit there 
and accept no, your, ver- your, your, yeah. your, your plea yeah. that you don't own your dog. You do own your dog. You don't turn law. up at the vet so, so you have, yeah. you know, um, certain hashtags and everything that are being yeah. banded around in terms of, you know, the ownership shouldn't be there. Yeah. But you don't turn up at the vets and them say, OK, well, that will be X amount of pounds, please. And you say, it, it, she's paying. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just here to I'm the guardian. I'm the chauffeur. And I think as well, that sort of language that we're using around dogs, it's tied in with extreme behaviour. You know, the amount of times that, you know, I'll, I'll put a video together on social media to make a point to show, you know, educating the public and showing them the difference in, you know, actual do- proper dog training. I'll say, you know, this, 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 this pet owner turned up with a dog that was X, Y, and Z. And in the comments, you've got people, owner, you don't own your dog. Do you? Oh, all the time. Yeah. And that, that is, that, that sort of extreme mentality is always linked to the attitude of, my dog can do what it wants when it wants, and that is the danger. That's when how you dogs fall, end up put down. That is how it? dogs end up put down. It's how they end up out of control, run over, causing people harm, biting kids. That extreme mentality of we're not being accountable for our apex predator. Yeah. He can do, she can do what they want. Yeah. It's not acceptable, and we have to be careful when we're using that te- kind of terminology. That's what it's linked with. Yeah. It's linked with the extremes. This is so, again, it's like it's not the, not the single domino, is it? It's the effect of what it can have. Yeah, if you take at the extremes. Start knocking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some great questions there and some really great dog gigs and we love them coming in. If people want to get in touch, Jamie, how can they do that? So if you want to get in touch, you can find us at Dog Scholar Podcast. That's the at symbol, Dog Scholar Podcast. Or on, so- oh, that's on social media. Or you can email podcast at thedogscholar.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend because if they don't like it, maybe their dogs will. And finally, over to Danny for a final thought. Okay, I'm going to say final four today is handle every situation like a dog. Don't worry too much about feelings. If you can't, play with it or eat it, piss on it and walk away. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week. (laughs) 